Welcome to the Shelfformers Podcast, the show about toys, why we like them, our connections to the figures, and their relevance to bigger topics. I'm your co-host Sugu, and tonight we're going to talk about Salman Rushdie. I'm your co-host Darby, and we're going to talk about standing up for freedom of speech. Before we begin, by way of introduction, I'm Darby Harn, the author of the novels Ever the Hero and A Country of Eternal Light. I'm a senior writer for Screen Rant. I collect comic books, Star Wars toys, and things I really should not be buying. <laughs> and I'm Sugu, your co-host. I work in IT and education, and I'm also passionate about writing and story. You can find some of my travel writings on allaboutjapan.com, where I've written various articles about my life and perspectives in Japan. I collect mostly Transformers, but I've recently started collecting Marvel Legends figures and die-cast cars, such as Hot Wheels. Since living in Japan, I've developed an interest in tabletop gaming, so I also have a wide collection of board games. Tonight, we're going to talk about... I don't even know how to introduce this. We're going to talk about fundamentalism, I guess. So this all started because Darb has brought some news that didn't reach me so i'll let darby kick us off uh what happened yeah so uh first off i was apologize for my voice i'm under the weather so i'm not i don't really have a voice this week but um the uh so as we record this here um, August 13th, um, so yesterday on the 12th, uh, Salman Rushdie, the novelist, uh, critic, um, was attacked here in the States, in New York, at a, just as he began, uh, uh, I, I think it was meant to be a lecture, uh, at a, at a writer's retreat, and, um, he's very severely injured, and his um, um, it, it doesn't at this moment doesn't appear very good. He's on a ventilator. Um, he may have lost an eye. He was stabbed uh, numerous times, and he's um, severely uh, severely injured. And uh, so I just want to say that um, we hope for the best for his health and for his family and um, I thought it was uh, important to to talk about this today for a lot of reasons one is because this appears to be appears to be uh, the culmination of a um, crazed um, tragic uh, fixation on Rushdie going back to the late 80s that I, that we'll get into a little bit, having to do with the satanic verses. And um, it happens in a moment, this occurs in a moment here in the States in which literature, literacy, art, writers, um, and people, if, and the people that write and, and read of any stripe are under attack by a hyper-fundamentalism uh, as we've alluded to or to talked about on uh, previous episodes in terms of banning books, 
and so on. And so this political attack, which this appears to be, against a writer at a writer's retreat in America, in which, during the same period in which uh, Republican legislatures and governors are passing bills that outlaw the mention of the word gay in books, let alone the English language, um, is very, very disturbing. And it's very disturbing um, as a writer, personally, for a lot of reasons. And it's disturbing as an American because America as a country has stood behind Salman Rushdie and his troubles. And they've stood for free speech for any and all writers regardless. And it's absolutely um, demoralizing that, that this happened and that this happened here. So uh, there's some different things, a lot of things that are bound up in that, that we want to talk about, I think, and uh, I'm not sure where to start. Maybe we'll start with what happened and kind of work backwards, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, the details are not great. He was at a conference in New York, a writer's retreat. He'd just taken the stage and his uh, the, the person who introduced him was also injured. This happened in Chattaqua at the Chattaqua Institution. Um, uh, individual is identified as Hattie Matar from New Jersey. Rushed the stage and uh, stabbed uh, Rushdie uh, around a dozen times uh, in both the, the head and the neck and the chest. Uh, he was apprehended by people in the audience who also provided uh, first aid. Um, Rushdie is on a ventilator. His agent gave a statement to the New York Times, which is not optimistic. Um, Salman Rushdie um, is probably a name people are familiar with. He's probably he's sort of a personality people are probably familiar with if they have any familiarity with books in the last 40 years. They're probably familiar with the Satanic Verses if they haven't read it. I'm going to go out on a limb and say most people haven't read it. Um, but in 1988, the book came out, and in a nutshell, um, the book <clears throat> has to do with um, figures from the Quran. And I'm not an expert on the Satanic Verses, but I believe some of them, are the I think Muhammad is a character in the book, and there are angels in the book, um, and there are fig Muhammad's wives are in the book, and then um, Rushdie uh, names them, and there there was a series of things. Just just the use of these figures in literature um, led to. Um, the um, Ayatollah of Iran to to issue this fatwa against Rushdie for his his death for uh, blasphemy essentially, which led to Rushdie then going living in hiding for fifteen years or so. It was that just sort of relaxed around the time that you and I were in college, and um, had seemed very much a thing in the past, and he was. 
had become sort of a celebrity because of it and he sort of definitely became a figure very well <laughs> journeyed in celebrity circles he was a um, as the outpouring yesterday of support proved and so he was someone who spent you know he sort of hobnobbed I guess it's fair to say with folks you know Bono uh, stuff like that um, Neil Gaiman talked yesterday about um, Rushdie's uh, their friendship and um, he's uh, author of many novels and many books of uh, nonfiction essays he's a cultural critic um, all of that stuff and he's always he's been a, a persistent political voice in uh, the UK and in the States for 40 years ish and um, it yeah it seemed like this this fear this sort of threat this um, was behind behind him um, it's important to note that this um, this was not until yesterday was not bloodless um, the Japanese translator for satanic verses was killed in Japan in 1991 um, murder was never solved um, the Italian translator was attacked he survived it was never solved um, so there has been bloodshed over this before I don't know this individual that attacked him I don't know what his motivations were hopefully we find out um, but it's it's uh, it's it's deeply troubling it's despairing and uh, it's outrageous that um, this um, political violence is carried out against uh, artists in America and and we don't know what happened and we don't know why but it happens like I said in a moment in which um, violent political violence is um, the norm in this country at the moment and, and there's deafening silence from one side of the aisle about threats against not only artists and intellectuals but also police and FBI and government officials also yesterday police killed a man in Ohio who attempted to storm and kill an FBI office kill FBI agents not a word from the Republicans about how you don't it's you don't go after the FBI there must be a reason but maybe we'll talk about that later but um well, there has been calls from the Republican Party to defund the FBI now. So weren't they running Sugu? Refresh my memory. <laughs> weren't they? Weren't they complaining about defunding the police or something a couple yeah. of years ago? Wasn't there an outcry about how the Democrats wanted to defund the police and how they're the Law and Order Party? Yeah. And not only that, yeah. but I got into a conversation with a liberal friend of mine um, who hated the term defund the police because uh, it's more divisive and 
I don't know. Defunding the police is just, it sounds so harsh. Well, now they're saying defund the FBI. I find that interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I also find it interesting. I find it interesting. Only we kid, we jest, because we we understand that um, this is how fascism works, which is that um, it only protects power, and so any power which um, it does not control, therefore, is um, a threat. And so when Donald Trump, and I know we're going a little bit off the garden path, we're going to come back. Yeah, we'll get back to it. Don't worry. Stay patient. Um. When Donald Trump says things like, which he had since the day he walked into the White House, um, when he complains about things like the deep, quote unquote, the deep state, which is parodying a Russian talking point, by the way, which has now become common in the Republican lexicon. These are people who are anti-government they're anti-institution and they're institutional and they're anti-constitutional it's always fine america was built on questioning power and questioning government and we should always do that that's a huge um leap from questioning power questioning government to trying to destroy it and our government isn't perfect I, you don't need to sell anybody on that but it is our government, and when when you attack the Constitution, and when you evidently make off to a golf club in Florida with state secrets, including evidently documents concerning nuclear weapons, I'm not interested in your ideas about what is and isn't... Um, constitutional but that's all to say that we're this moment in which this happened with Salman Rushdie happens in a a moment of extreme political peril here in the states where these forces of fascism are at work in every sector of our society and they're attacking um, they're going after um, the arts and artists and especially writers and literature because education is everything and, and literacy is everything. And so when they're banning books and libraries or school districts and, and on and on and on, and when they're legislating um, the use of the word um, gay or lesbian, you know, things like that. I mean, they're creating environments which produce attacks like this. Because what happens is, was when you push down on artists, artists push back. And they do so, usually they do so through their art. And art is a form of protest. I don't know that you call Salman Rushdie. I'm sure there are Rushdie experts out there who could say definitively. I don't know if you call him a political artist by trade he became one by circumstance right but was his work actively political before i don't know i couldn't say maybe it was was satanic verses meant to be political he said no 
he's apologized. He apologized in the moment for any sort of offense because that wasn't his intent. Um, but he's since become a political figure and he's since become someone who stood up for free speech, which is a fundamental American value. And free speech is what allows um, people like Donald Trump to scream and to lie and to blubber about how the FBI planted evidence that he declassified a year ago, 18 months ago. Donald, how did you declassify documents that they planted in your safe yesterday? That's weird. I don't know how that works, but um, you must be a super genius, man. You're fucking, you could see the future and stuff. Um, I believe his words were stable genius. Oh, that's, excuse me. Stable genius. Uh, extremely stable genius, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Wasn't he an extremely stable genius? Um, he had the extreme part right. He had that right. Um, but just as a writer, just as someone who um, cares very deeply about freedom of speech and... Um, speaking truth to power this is sobering and like i said despairing and and i i i feel like it is um it's part of a uh, of a wave of political violence which includes january 6th um and is only going to escalate and and um yeah, I I don't know. I I I don't know what's gonna happen. I I hope for Salman Rushdie's sake that he recovers and that um, he's able to continue writing or speaking or you know um, whatever he wants to do. And I hope it doesn't discourage people, writers and artists of any stripe, um, from speaking out and speaking up to um because the the fundamentalist um regressive sickness which which produced this fatwa against Rushdie is no if not very different at all uh, uh, than the same um fascistic tendency which is in the christian right the far christian right they're very, they're virtually similar, and their their attitudes towards free speech, women, and education, and certainly, the arts. Um, and when repeat, Republicans haven't stood up for cops. They haven't stood up for FBI. They haven't stood up for the rule of law. They did threaten all those people this week. So. When news of this of the raid on uh, the former President Trump on his uh, golf course or whatever the fuck it is, um, when that came out, the first reaction wasn't um, to say, you know, we need to know the facts. It was uh, threats against Attorney General Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice and the FBI. Um, That is who they are, is to threaten and to attack institutions and pillars of power. Um, 
I don't know for their sake that they want to marry themselves to Donald Trump, who's the whose presidency was historic in many cases and whose post-presidency also is going to be historic in many cases because he's going to be the first president to be indicted and convicted of a crime. Several crimes, including U.S. 793, which for the kids in the back is the Espionage Act. So I don't know that I would have come out. I, would, I don't know if I would have stood on those tracks with the train coming down if I was Kevin McCarthy and Marjorie Taylor Greene or whatever she's calling herself these days. Um, but that's okay. It's, you can, you know, they can do whatever they want. But it's in, the, I don't even know anymore. If I, I, I think I had a point, Suga. I think I probably drove past it, but what do you, what are we thinking? What are, what are our thoughts, I guess? On <laughs> there are several things that you were talking about that, spawned uh, kind of a response to me and things that I wanted to bring up as well. In fact, there are yeah. so many that I had, I took out a piece of paper and started writing them down. Yeah, unfortunately, why don't you talk for a while because I've been talking. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I started jotting things down and I forgot a couple of them. So we'll hopefully we'll circle back and I'll remember those points. But in terms of Salman Rushdie, you know, I, I hope he gets better. The attack is extremely surprising to me that like the venue that he still has this cloud around him. You know, I, I grew up with the book. I didn't read it. My dad had bought it and it was in the house. Um, I tried reading it when I was really young and it was way over my head. So, you know, I went back to whatever I was reading at the, at the time. Hardy Boys or something like that, right? Because it came out when I was, what? I think I was under 10 years old. Um, so it was way over my head and I didn't understand it. But Salman Rushdie is Indian, born in Bombay, right? Hmm. So what I find interesting uh, about the whole satanic versus thing is he is an Indian citizen living in America. Uh, and from what I understand, he's also interested in Britain, Britain for whatever reason. Um, he was, uh, I want to say I'll, I'll double check. I want to say he was a British national. Okay. So at, at no point in his life is Iran involved in his life no born in india british national whatever living in america iran's not part of his life so i find it very strange compelling and very worrying that here is a country iran that can just issue a fatwa to some rando as far as iran is concerned yeah he wrote a book but it has nothing to do with Iran. It has nothing to do with um, anything Iran. And it reminds me of, I think it was Hezbollah, where the French artist depicted Muhammad, and then he had a, what was it, assassination uh, uh, attempt as well? That was Charlie Hebdo. Charlie Hebdo, that's it. French magazine, July, January 2015. So... 
I I know that in the Muslim religion, it is against the religion to depict Muhammad, his wife, whatever. I, I get all of that. Um, but these people aren't in your religion, so piss off. You know, it's just like the Christians coming after me for not believing in Christ. I'm like, yeah, I don't believe in Christ. Piss off. And so this comes back to that whole fundamentalism is how do you how does y'all Qaeda as apparently it's known now <laughs> uh how did they get around how did they get off telling me how i need to live when i'm not part of their in group at all piss off like who cares like for example several people have told me that i'm going to hell for not believing in, in god Okay, well, hell doesn't exist either for me, so, like, the threat doesn't make any sense to me, so piss off. I'm not part of your in-group. So it's it's wild that Iran can just say, right, we're going to do, uh, we're going to issue a fatwa against this rando for writing a book that depicts Muhammad. It's like, he's a rando, as far as Iran's concerned. He's just another writer like okay so that's the one thing and then the second thing that i wanted to bring up that you were talking about and this is about artists but not just artists but it's happening everywhere or in a lot of industries and that's the chilling effect which is you see violence being done to someone in your group so you change your behavior so you don't uh, experience those things as well. Now, where I see it, or at least where I pay attention and I see the effects uh, on this chilling effect, is in teaching. Specifically Florida, where a lot of teachers have changed their their teaching habits, changed their teaching styles, changed their teaching pedagogy, because they don't want the consequences that they've seen other people have. So there's a lot more of this right-wing intimidation that's happening, and it's successful because of this. And to be honest, I don't know what side I would be on if it would happen to me. If I was in America and the don't say gay bill was passed, would I follow it? Would I protest? I mean, I, I would protest it, but in order for me to help the students... um would I kind of back down so that I could stay helping the students? I honestly don't know what I would do. And I can't blame teachers for being afraid of that bigger picture. The problem is that's also how fascism is also gets on the rise because you need to fight this all the time. You can't, you can't stop just because you're afraid of the consequences because well, that's how they get you. So that's tough. Um, speaking of teaching, though, uh, teachers, just yesterday, today, two days ago, I don't know, time is running on a loop nowadays. Um, there is a Florida teacher who recently resigned. Uh, and, and it always has to deal with Florida, doesn't it? But um, So this teacher is in this school district 
and uh, just got hired there. Has been teaching for a long time in other places, but moved to Florida. Uh, 61 years old, I believe. Oh, a white mm-hmm. dude. And the school that he's teaching in uh, is predominantly black. So on the bulletin board behind the teacher's desk, he put up uh, pictures of role models for the students. Martin Luther King, Colin Powell, Harriet Tubman, uh, George Washington Carver. Those were the four that was named. And I think there was one more. Well, the bulletin board wasn't large enough, so he also had a picture of Obama on his desk. As he's preparing his classroom, the district behavior analysis or behavior uh, person, the person who like talks about behavior in schools, I guess, I'm not entirely sure about American district education rules, but anyway, this person, behavior analysis, comes in and takes down all of those pictures, including the picture of Obama, saying these are not age appropriate. (laughs) And that their connection to them is controversial. But you just took down a picture of Obama. Okay, yes, first black president, but also you took down a picture of a president. Like, that's... How is that controversial or age inappropriate? These, uh, to be fair, the students were, I want to say fifth grade, but not fully sure. Definitely elementary school. So that happened like two days ago. They, they should be able to name all the presidents in sequence in the fifth grade. Right. I had to do it and I had to do it in the first. Right. But we're just going to go straight from Bush to empty eight years of anarchy and then Trump? Is that how we're going to rewrite history? Just these magic eight years that we don't talk about? So, like, all of that happened just the other day, um, and that teacher resigned, because that is not a... Like, so this is the question. He resigned. Okay, fair, fair enough. That was his decision. But now those kids are out of a teacher. They're like... Uh, theoretically a good teacher theoretically i have no idea but they're out a teacher so okay um but i was watching this video about it from dr richie rashad who was talking about it and uh a point was brought up that i find interesting or not interesting i find very salient and something to really kind of keep in mind or remember the reason that this is happening now and it's okay to happen now is because the governor has authorized this don't say gay bill and has allowed and created space for bullying to happen. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, all of the bullies will gravitate and all of them will react. It's the same thing that Trump did in the past four years during his presidency, he opened the gate for bullying of all stripes. And, yeah. and that's what you saw in American culture for, from those four years. And now we're still dealing with the repercussions of it because it's only been two years. And we have all of these 
I don't know, Trump hanger-ons that are just like they're they're trying to duplicate whatever he did for them for their own gain. Uh, the other thing that happened, by the way, Marjorie Taylor Greene set articles of impeachment to Merrick Garland, which is just a bizarre sentence to have to utter. But that apparently also happened. And this is that right wing fundamentalism. A Christian theocracy in America, Muslim theocracy in Iran. But it's only my way and nobody else's. And the final thing that I wanted to kind of bring up is I see on the internet a lot of people are trying to be like, well, both sides are bad or they want to be in the middle of the road because they want to identify both. or They just believe in freedom, yo. Um, and they just want everyone to stay off their back and, and everything like that. Or some of them love to actually say, well, you know what? I'm not Democrat or Republican. I'm just a libertarian. And they throw this word around as if it's like this neutral bastion of truth between the two extremes. So the one thing I'd like to get on record for saying something that I noticed 12 years ago when I was in Georgia uh, and I heard some libertarians because they always identify themselves, right? I'm a libertarian. And then they say their viewpoint and all that. I want to point out that for the past 12 years, at least the libertarian party, if you look through their funding, it's right wing think tanks. They are funded by right wing. They are right wing light. So don't pretend that you calling yourself libertarian allows you some sort of left wing centrist position because you're not. You are right wing. Your party is funded by these right wing extremists. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll say on that, people who, in my experience, People who often use that word libertarian don't understand it. And when people sort of espouse these sort of Randian objectivist views that ostensibly they think or they would have you think are about personal freedom and and personal liberation from the state, um... Really, when you start peeling back or when you actually get them to start really talking about it, they're just, it's just a different version of right-wing fascism. Because mm-hmm. it's dislocating power from the state, which here in the states is we the people, is dislocating it to an elite, which is just what it's always been. So you're just rebranding it. which So you're just part of the same old shell game. Got it. Cool. Glad we sorted that out. Um, you said a lot there. I wanted to mention, uh, about the teachers, um, America and, uh, because of one reason, uh, all this is, let me back up here. The, these sort of attacks and this mentality and this fascism is leading to a nationwide, uh, teacher shortage. Leading to, sorry, here. Yeah, and that includes Iowa, uh, where I live, and um, it's escalating all the time. 
and um, and so to the point where the you have in Florida and elsewhere you have this the way the one way that they've decided to make up for their teacher shortage is to invite uh, active and former military to come in um, military at, yeah <laughs> so you can kind of you can kind of see the 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 thinking there wasn't Tom Berger um, in that movie what's that uh wasn't he like some sort of secret military dude who uh left the military to become a teacher but all of his training was still there so when a student threw a wad of paper at him while his back was turned he flipped around and caught it like a badass oh i don't know okay. <laughs> i don't know what that is i i know that the 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 teacher shortage is such and i i can um i i can say that the there's some districts here in iowa that are offering prospective teachers um like a retirement a bonus so if you become a teacher and eventually retire of fifty thousand dollars um that's not gonna last long with inflation no, it's, um, but it's it's you know they're they're desperate for teachers here in the state, Iowa State, which has always valued education, has always valued teaching. Uh, you and I, in Cedar Falls, was historically one of the best colleges for education in the country. Um, this is uh, Iowa's attitude towards education has eroded as it has generally in red states. Iowa, not a red state, uh, until uh, this last few cycles here in which um, this corrosiveness that has infected so many swing states um, has taken hold. But um, the the all-out assault by uh, far-right fundamentalism and... um, the Trumpian wing of, uh, of, uh, celebratory stupidness on education, on teachers, on police, on judges, uh, the judge who, um, authorized the search warrant is now also subject of threats. And, um, writers, intellectuals, academics, you know, on and on and on. These are all functions. These are all symptoms of fascistic societies that we've spent the better part of a century destroying. And we went to war and we killed I don't know how many people to make sure that those forces and those ideologies were were destroyed. We entered into a Cold War with the Russians in which we were prepared, Republican and Democrats both, Republican and Democrat presidents, were prepared to fight a nuclear war to prevent those ideologies from spreading beyond the Berlin Wall. We were, Ronald Reagan, Republican president, I'm not particularly fond of, but be spinning in his grave right now if he knew what was happening with Donald Trump. Ronald Reagan would have killed everybody on this planet to keep the Russians out of Europe. 
Donald Trump is the president and founder of the Vladimir Putin fan club. And unfortunately for Trump, the FBI is going to do a fingerprint autopsy on those documents they took out of his safe. Also, by the way, Donald, you should never ever photocopy any of those documents. Because I don't know if you know this, but they're all watermarked. So, um, the... <laughs> We have we the the da the most dangerous thing in the world right now is this conflation, this global nationalism, and this global um, rise of authoritarianism and and right wingism um, that conflate. And you have in Russia, in Russia, in China, in America, and elsewhere around the world you have like-minded people who slap each other on the back who have historically been enemies um and this isn't the first time this has happened america the far right in america back in the the 1930s flirted very heavily with nazism to the point that there were nazi rallies at madison square garden of all places here in in new york city um, one of which uh, Donald Trump's father was arrested at, by the way. Mm -hmm. Strange, strange. Um, uh, I think I've mentioned on the pod somewhere before, uh, Jack Kirby received death threats for Captain America Comics number one because Cap punched Hitler, received death threats from Americans who Hold were going to find cover, him. Too. <laughs> yeah, who were going to find Jack. Jack then published his address and kindly invited the motherfuckers to come come find him wherever. That sounds um, like Iron Man 3. <laughs> uh, Jack Kirby killed a lot of Nazis in World War II. Um, it, it, so this has happened before, and there's always been a disgusting... Uh, attraction in far-right American thinking to uh, strong men and, and those types of things because th those things aren't exclusively one nationality or another they're or one ethnicity or another they're, the, the this thinking this regressionism this fundamentalism is a human disease and it manifests in different ways in different societies at different points in history, they all have one thing in common, which is they all serve to accomplish the same thing. And we're fighting it here in the States right now. We're in an all out fight with it because, um, our country's going is an extreme state of flux because it's a country which is, um, uh, in which people who are traditionally been in power are being dislocated from power and are now going to destroy the system to, to ensure that they stay in power. Uh, the last time that this happened was the uh, American Civil War, and that didn't, that didn't end well for those guys. On the other side, won't end well for him this time. We're going to take a quick break to let you know about some exciting developments on the podcast. First of all, thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying it. Uh, if you like our content and you want more of it, you can subscribe to our channel and get additional conversations between Sugu and I. So stick around after the episode for a quick sample of what you could get. If you want to give us any feedback, 
Feel free to let us know your thoughts and opinions at shelfwarmers at gmail.com or on Twitter at shelfwarmers. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show. I don't but know. What... They lost the war, but since they were forgiven, they were allowed back into government. They could fester. They got to create the KKK. Like, they, they lost the battle. They lost the, the Civil War, but... I mean, we're still dealing with the repercussions 150 years later. I, we're always going to deal with the repercussions, but because it's, it's not a. This is just a ongoing cycle. But to your point, one thing a lot of David Brooks, columnist, New York Times, conservative, who's generally even keeled uh wrote a op-ed the other day about how damaging and dangerous it would be for america to prosecute try convict donald trump for his alleged crimes um, because of the political damage um we should always be wary in america of any kind of political um malpractice and when it comes to you know pursuing your political opponents legally right that's what fascistic countries do that's what happens in russia the reason vladimir putin is still president or premier or whatever the fuck he calls himself is because most of his opponents are dead or in jail but it would be far more dangerous for america to not pursue donald trump because by relenting for fear of the political fallout you're open you're leaving the door open one for him to do it again and also his um uh, his uh, successors and his imitators and for a person and Donald Trump is in I I I, I you know I, I get it people have they're like oh I'll believe it when I see it as far as him is legal jeopardy Donald Trump is in serious legal jeopardy he's in deep 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 trouble on numerous fronts the search warrant they they unsealed the search warrant yesterday revealed that he is under criminal investigation by a grand federal grand jury for three different statutes one of which is the espionage act they collectively carry federal prison sentences of depending on the number of of crimes cited up to 50 to 60 years in jail most importantly no one needs to lose sleep over whether or not donald trump's going to jail most importantly, one of the statutes, Part B of statute, I think it's 2017, cites that if convicted, the defendant can never hold federal office ever again. That's the real game here as far as the pursuit of Donald Trump. The likelihood that Donald Trump goes to jail is pretty small. The likelihood that he pleads guilty to a number of crimes, including these ones, to avoid jail, jail service is really high. And you can bet your bottom dollar that he'll fold and he'll plead to keep his sweet, sweet ass out of jail. Because Donald Trump's not going to jail. There's no way. But that's just one aspect of criminal pursuits that are arrayed against him. But the United States, for its own political health, constitutional health, cannot afford to allow Donald Trump to skate. No one's above the law. And you have to, this is a man who betrayed his oath of office, tried to execute a coup against the government, and who's leading a nationalist 
uh, fascistic movement that is right now as we speak is determined to dismantle our institutions which are meant to protect us this is a man who stole documents related to nuclear weapons that only three or four people in this country are allowed to even know exist they weren't even allowed to be itemized in the inventory in the search warrant because they're that sensitive the fuck are you doing with weapons related with documents, excuse me, related to nuclear weapons in your safe at a golf course. What on earth? You can't even read, Donald. What do you even need to have? What do you even care? Well, to that, I did hear that the Department of Defense, the Pentagon, is quickly rewriting several nuclear war scenarios uh, just randomly. They're quickly rewriting a bunch of these scenarios that they had planned out and plotted out and kind of what if situations. Why are they just uh, rewriting them so quickly? To that point, the scariest thing isn't that, like, big picture. The Russians know. There's no secret about our nuclear arsenal or inventory to the Russians. They know it. Mm -hmm. What don't they know? They don't know where our submarines are. They don't know that that's the biggest asset that we have in our national security is that our submarines can pop up anywhere in the world at any moment, unload their payloads and disappear. And you can't find them or stop them. That'll that'll freeze you in a heartbeat. And that's kept us safe for 60 years because the Russians be like, I got all these missiles. And we're like, I don't care. But you're going to like Vladimir Putin, like ever since this thing in Ukraine has started, he's like. Don't get into it with me. Like, if, you know, if America, if you get involved, it'll be nuclear war. That's okay. You'll die in the first five minutes. Because there's a submarine in the North Sea that has 24 nuclear warheads with your name on it. That's cool. You know it. I know it. You're not going to do anything. We're not going to do anything. We've been doing this for 60 years. Mm -hmm. But to your point there a moment ago, scenarios. So people... You know, a lot of stuff's been declassified in the last 30 years since the end of the Cold War about nuclear scenarios and continuity. No one knows what they are. The only reason that people have any idea of what American, modern American uh, doomsday scenarios are is because they were exposed on 9-11 and they were exposed on January 6th. They were exposed by terrorists in both cases, Right. So no mm -hmm. one knows. People, everything that people think you know about World War Three or Doomsday, you, there, none of that shit is true. That, that shit is out there because they want you to think that, that that's the case. It's, none of that's true. So that's, just, that's the most secret, secret, secret stuff there is. And Donald Trump took some of that stuff, and we'll see. Well, we'll never know, really the most classified stuff that he stole from the White House, we'll never know because it'll never be revealed to the public. But he stole stuff that had to do with the nuclear defense of this country, which is treason. I, I, mm -hmm. I, he won't be charged with treason, but he should be. Really far from Salman Rushdie right now, but Salman Rushdie um, in his career post-Satanic Verses has spoken consistently um, against power and, and fascism and fundamentalism and people who would use their power to silence others. And 
He's now a victim of political violence in a way that he probably always feared. And that really upsets me. It should really upset a lot of people. It should upset every American because um, this is not the country. This is not our country. And we spend too much time worrying about Donald Trump's feelings. I don't care about a man's, you know, Donald Trump's feelings, especially a man who equivocates on the, the lives and the value of American men and women in uniform. It's the same guy, by the way, who's screaming about the FBI who, um, when, he found, when he was told that Putin had put placed bounties on American soldiers serving in Afghanistan, that it didn't matter. It's the Vietnam draft dodger, Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. But, um, when I was a kid, if, if you looked at a vet sideways, you got your ass beat. For Don, someone like Donald Trump to be a political hero to people who, as we mentioned earlier, supposedly stand for law and order, you don't stand for, you don't believe in law and order, you don't believe in police, and you don't believe in national security. You only believe in power, and, and in your mind, power is what protects you and, and hurts others. And so that that's where we're at, you know. Um, he has violated every single tenet that they claim to believe. His own group. Yep. He has violated every one of them. That, that Continuously. Remind, almost. It, 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 it's like... It's the serial. The part of it that boggles my mind about Donald Trump is the serial nature of all of this. He's a pathological mm-hmm. liar, maybe without peer in American history. He's a serial criminal, maybe without peer in American history, like Al Capone, maybe. Like he is all of these things. He's the biggest fraud. You can see him coming from a mile away, and yet mm-hmm. people keep buying into this shit the same way that they buy into some snake oil salesman or the My Pillow guy or whatever version of it is today. But that reminds me, you had a lot of good points earlier. And one of the things I wanted to mention was you mentioned sort of this oppression that comes from sort of the religious institutions. Well, you're not in the group, so I'm going to attack you. In my experience, faith, faith is um, usually comes from a place of deep security, confidence and assuredness. Rare hard to achieve and cannot be faked cannot be faked people of genuine faith in whatever it is you cannot fake that shit religion often not always often comes from a place of deep insecurity that has to do with antagonism from perceived threats from other insert here a different religion, ethnicity, whatever, belief system, whatever. So religions often are antagonistic towards other religions, certainly, but just other ways of life because they're, they're operating from a place of insecurity. But they shouldn't be because they, they would have you believe they're based on faith. But faith is security. And faith in its most profound moments um, doesn't need to attack or to persecute. It just needs to be. It just needs to withstand. And so when you see demonstrations of true faith, 
whether that is in people or groups or, or religions, the Jewish faith uh, through the Holocaust and after, other pers- persecuted groups that withstand and survive religious persecution. You see that for what it is, and that's that's and that's why these guys always, in the end, fail because they're built they're built on nothing. It's a mountain of lies. It's a mountain of empty values. They don't have any values. If they did, if they had true value, if they had true conviction, if they had true faith, they'd be impossible to defeat. Because you can't defeat people of true faith. You can kill them. You can't beat them. And that's why America, to this point at least, has withstood its worst impulses and, of course, attacks from other peoples because it's America's faith in freedom and personal personal freedom, political freedom, religious freedom, and certainly um, everything that the Constitution aspires to. Those are things that we continue to, to invest in and evolve because it was imperfect in the beginning as it's imperfect now. But they withstand those attacks because those convict the conviction is true. The faith is true. Right? So Donald Trump, he may go to jail, he may not. He may be president again, he may not. He's not going to be president again. But these guys aren't going to win. And, you know, my fear is we saw what Donald Trump was willing to do to stay in office. So let's imagine what he'll do to stay out of jail. This is going to get so much worse. It's going to get so much worse. But we have to be prepared as a country to meet that challenge, whatever the cost, because the cost is our freedom. And so just as our previous generations were prepared to fight and to kill, and in some cases annihilate, in the case of the Cold War, we have to be prepared to do the same. Maybe not annihilate, not really interested into that, but, you know, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, there's a, there's several thoughts I've got. One thing that I really want to touch on yeah. is um, as much as America has talked about, like, the separation of church and state as being one of the amendments to the Constitution, the founding principle of the country... You know, I I remember growing up, whenever I told people that I'm not a Christian, that I'm an atheist, I would raise so many people's hackles up. They would get, as you said, I'm glad you used the word insecure, because that's what it was. I remember talking to Campus Crusade for Christ. I remember talking to Jehovah's Witness, to Mormons. Uh, to people who just aren't part of those denominations, but are just Christian or devout Christian. Um, and every time I said, I'm an atheist, they got their hackles up and they wanted to have all sorts of questions. And unfortunately I was young, so I didn't have the vocabulary to argue things as well as I do now. You know, one of the best ones, uh, that I did argue. So if you don't believe in God, where where your morals come from see i i argued that at its face value back in the day mm. now several decades later i would have responded or i would respond you know what it's a good point but i'll tell you this 
I have killed and murdered exactly the number of people that I have <laughs> wanted to kill and murder, which is zero. So take that for what you will about morality, right? Like my morals aren't dependent on on a religious tome telling me that it's wrong to kill. I don't want to do that. Uh, so anyway, moving forward, I remember coming to Japan and in my first year in the classroom, one of my students came to me and asked me, what is my religion? And I was really worried at that point. I was hesitant because, you know, I had what, a decade, a decade and a half of people reacting to me saying I'm an atheist. So, but, you know, I don't want to lie to my students. So I said, uh, well, I don't really have a religion. I'm an atheist. And you know what his response was? Cool. <laughs> and that's it. Life went on. I'm like, oh, it's not a big deal. That's right. It isn't a big deal that I'm not the same religion as them or not. Or, like, it, it doesn't matter because it's just religion. And, oh, yeah, I was told, when I was a bartender especially, but I was told, never get into a discussion about politics or religion. I'm like, but that applies in America. Because when, when we were in Ireland, I got in many a conversation about politics because it's not threatening to talk with someone who doesn't share your beliefs especially if you know your your beliefs if you as you said have faith in yourself or have or know your own uh, have a strong hold on your own beliefs then there's nothing wrong with engaging someone else's beliefs but man did that suck growing up and raising all those hackles and it was such an extreme difference coming to Japan and that's not there and then you realize that that's how it should be. Have your religion. Believe what you want for yourself. That's fine. And you want to police people in your group? I mean, I don't agree with it in the general principle of policing, but that makes sense. You have someone from Iran making a statement against Iran, Iran or Iranian religion. Okay. That makes sense. Salman Rushdie is a rando. I, I keep coming back to that. He's just, he has no connection to Iran. But that security of faith, that insecurity of, of their beliefs causes them to react like that to someone the like, who then, if Iran can do that, who, who is safe, right? Like who who can just uh, say anything without worry that Iran's going to do something. Now we're talking about Salman Rushdie and Iran, but that's not to say that America doesn't do the same thing. Launch attacks against basically randos that have no impact on American society. I'm not saying America is innocent in that, but that's just not part of this conversation. No, not innocent, but it's also we don't have that same you have you know this fascistic current which is happening now in the states. That doesn't although it has similarities to to movements elsewhere does not approach the intolerance that produced the issue with the satanic verses. 
So in 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 some elements of of Islamic faith, uh, to 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 parody or to criticize or to lampoon or even depict Muhammad is is sacrilegious. That was similarly true of Christ in America, but that has long since not been the case. Yeah. Right. It's Christ is routinely in ways that maybe some people still find offensive, and I, I appreciate that. I, you know, that if you're offended by that, I, I respect that. But Christ is long a figure of parody and um, satirism in the States, and that is not something that ever gets questioned or attacked. Or That just is. When, you know, when you have, like, George Carlin, at one example in the 1960s the and 70s, drove a, right, drove a truck through some of these concepts and so we're never going back to that what you have instead in its place because these people by the way these donald trump and his his cronies aren't actually christian so of course they don't have any personal stake in the depiction of christ right Right. what you have instead are um intolerance to satirical or or uh comedic interpretations of them yeah so he's always threatening to file a lawsuit for SNL or whoever or Wall Street Journal cartoon or I'm sorry, uh, New York Times uh, little cartoons that are depict him as the, you know, some sort of cartoon villain because that's what's intolerable to them because yeah. Christ isn't the figure of power inspiration <laughs> Donald Trump is. <laughs> Which leads to the other point. These people, because a, a lot of left wing folks are really surprised like why Donald Trump you know and we've known since 1985 that he is an idiot we've known since 1985 that he's racist like none of this is a secret in Hollywood he's been a punchline for almost every media he's in he's not like we've known this for a long time but the part that I his think a lot of public life, yeah. I'm sorry. His entire public life, he's been a joke. Yeah. So the surprise is there. I acknowledge that. But the p- thing that people aren't really acknowledging is that a third of this country, it's not about Donald Trump is their leader. A third of the country like Donald Trump because they want to be like that. They want to say whatever Donald Trump says with impunity. They want to act like that. They want to be open bigots. They miss the days when they could shout at Ruby Bridges, for example. They miss the days when they could harass people that they thought are below them for whatever reason. They miss the days where they can openly slaughter minorities the people that they think are a quote threat to them they miss those days they want those days back and donald trump is that vehicle for that this has nothing to do with christianity this has nothing to do with donald trump it it only has to do with donald trump it allows them to live vicariously and to do the things that that he does the things that they want to do and by ignoring that part that they actively want this, that's the danger that liberals are are missing. 
I don't think liberals are missing it. I often think, though, that liberals are not always addressing it correctly. I, f I feel like, you know, they're sort of, the, the democratic, they're still to this day, the general and the in elected Democrats, the, 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 the thinking seems to be if we just behave as normal and if we're just honest brokers, that that will, get everything will normal. even out. That'll get back to normal. Normal is gone. I don't know that normal's gone. And it, I don't know that that's true. I, I do think you can accomplish things through normal means. Joe Biden has proven that recently on a number of fronts. If you just do old fashioned political <laughs> negotiation you produce results you produce bipartisan results that's true that also doesn't mean though that you just you can treat someone like donald trump normally because donald trump isn't normal he's an abnormal figure par excellence in american history but he's and also the, allowing and encouraging other people to be that abnormal which is why you have to you have to pursue him criminally for everything that he's liable for and then so on three or four i think it's four different fronts he's in deep legal legal jeopardy um he will earn indictments here uh, on a number of fronts certainly on the documents he's going to be indicted on numerous counts um he's likely going to be charged um for the january 6th committee is going to finalize its findings in september or october and issue its report that will likely lead to charges against Donald Trump of sedition to incitement to rebellion conspiracy against the United States of America mm -hmm. um, the state of Georgia is investigating him and is much further along than people generally know um, they in said its investigation to that he can what was it? Take a boat to Georgia for all they care, but get here and testify. Yeah, because it's it, yeah, and also free up your calendar, Rudy, <laughs> um, for election fraud and racketeering in Georgia. New York State is uh, seems to be close on uh, indictments having to do with uh, tax evasion and things having to do with his businesses. All of these in concert are going to net Donald Trump an avalanche of indictments. Donald Trump <laughs> may not go to jail, um, but he will be he will be indicted and he will be convicted, I believe, uh, on a, no a number of fronts. And he'll plead guilty to avoid jail time and to avoid utter bankruptcy. Um, and that will disqualify him politically. But America is where is America should be of... Um, prosecuting a political figure and someone who is clearly intends to run in 24 you should you know we should be concerned about that you don't you don't you, he says the word witch hunt he's taken all the value out of it because he's a he's a pathological liar but you do need to be concerned about this type of thing but with him the concern him the concern is much greater that you do nothing as you said you cannot allow this to go unchallenged or unpunished this is a man. People are dead. People are dead because of what happened on January 6th. Um, so he's he needs to be prosecuted and he needs to pay the penalty for that, whatever it is. And we need to meet these challenges in every sector, whether it's political or 
um, these uh, attacks on intellectualism and arts and uh, gays and lesbians and every sector of the our culture which is under attack by these forces we need to meet those challenges head on and we need to do it uh, with courage and conviction that Salman Rushdie has displayed his entire life mm-hmm. because um, what happened yesterday could happen at any moment to any one of us but you can't be afraid and I, I don't I'm sure Salman Rushdie was afraid, but that never stopped him. So, yeah, maybe that's a good place to leave it. I don't know really what else to say about some of that. but Yeah, I mean, I think the closing thought is just simply we hope Salman Rushdie gets well. Yes, 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 I hope so. Yeah, I think that's his impact can't be understated. However... Um. yeah like just hope that he gets better that'll do it for today folks thanks again for joining us once again I'm Darby Harn and you can find more information about me and my books at my website darbyharn.com I'm also on twitter at Darby Harn Sugu how can they find out more about us in the podcast you can follow us on Apple Podcasts Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts you can reach us at our email address, shelfwarmers at gmail.com. Send us feedback about the show, your thoughts, opinions, recommendations, and insights on our perspectives. We're always happy to hear from you, our audience, and we'd love to share your opinions on our next show. Again, that's shelfwarmers at gmail.com. And if email isn't your thing, we're also on Twitter. You can reach us at shelfwarmers. Give us a holler. We have new episodes every Friday. As always, remember to stay safe, wash your hands, practice social distancing, and get vaccinated when you can. Stick around to listen to a free clip of more content from us. Subscribe today and you can hear the rest of the following and more. Bye-bye.